like, I'm so looking forward to this. No. You know, we're live. I what is up, now. guys? Hey. Wobble J here, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris. Chris, say hello to the peoples. Hello, peoples. Also joining us from Washington State, our other co-host, Miguelino. First of all, stop you there, bud. Wrong state, but what's up, guys? Yeah, I, he does it every time. I don't know where the fuck you at now, and it, it doesn't matter. I'm off the and, and our guest, Jamie Boom Boom Mancini from the Boom Boom Show. He's also a silver medalist at the Commonwealth, uh, Commonwealth Games, correct? Yes, sir. Thank uh, you. And professional MMA fighter. <laughs> Actually, before we get going, we do have another guest coming in. So we're just going to bring him on and you guys can say hello to him. Bernie, can you hear us? <laughs> Bernie. No, I guess not. But anyway. Bernie's going to be joining us on the podcast. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Ah, <laughs> uh, feel the burn. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Bernie's going to rip the shreds all day, man. It's all uh, over here. We don't, we don't do politics, but these memes are just gold. Yeah, they're too much for us not to, you know, jump on it, too. Yeah, the armbar one is... Uh, oh, that's the oh awesome that one, was man. the best! That was the best. <laughs> so how you been, man? Me, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, uh, you know, going into some new projects, still working with a lot of mixed martial artists here in, um, at TriStar Gym. We're doing what we can, obviously. Um, the national wrestling team is... Uh, it's kind of weird here in Montreal, in Canada. Everything is locked down. Everything is curfew. So we're, oh, the sure. guys are doing what they can, getting ready for 2021. And... Some guys have big fights. Uh, tomorrow, uh, unfortunately, Nazrat got ill, so he pulled out of his fight against uh, Tarkurian. Andrew Sanchez is still fighting. And we have, um, yeah, Eamon's Abbey, uh, one of our leaders, is getting ready for uh, his fight next month. So big things happening out here, man. So you are the, the, the head coach for wrestling at uh, TriStar, is that correct? No, uh, no, but I, I help out. Like, um, okay. They have a couple guys in for wrestling specifically. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, for sure, I have my guys I work with, a lot of amateurs, a lot of guys, a lot of the littler guys, a lot of smaller guys. Um, and I trained a lot with GSP. I spent a lot of time with him. Uh, we had the same the same coach growing up. So it's funny because I entered the national team just as he, just at a high school. And then he was starting, it was about 2000, 2001. He was starting his uh his wrestling journey, as you say, with our with our club. So that was kind of cool because we we know each other about twenty years now. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, man. That yeah. is awesome. Hey, you know what? Better training partner than GSP. <laughs> yeah. Um, his work ethic is just insane. Like you see it on the on on the videos, you know, the promotional stuff, and he's just amazing. Yeah, you know, he's a true martial artist, and like what you what you see is what you get with George. There's no. Uh, kind of faking it. Um, I spoke about it on uh, McDojo there on the live with, with Rob, like, right. You know, you know, I think it was true to the times too. It was so interesting because I thought about the parallel to like what the UFC, when they really, it was so good because they used them. They needed him. He needed them. It was like, you know, we were coming off of like the U MMA. We we're coming off the ultimate fighter in 2005. Obviously that amazing performance that skyrocketed UFC to what it is today. And then you have GSP, this clean-cut guy. You're trying to legalize it in all these states and all these provinces and everywhere all over the world. Meanwhile, you have this clean-cut guy. shows up at press conferences in a suit. He's true. He's got the accent. He was bullied. And that's what the UFC needed. 
And I think when Trump came, Conor McGregor was like the perfect timing for that because now with like everybody was tired of the political correctness. You need someone to speak their mind, and then boom, you have Conor McGregor. So I just feel terrible for the fighters that are trying to parallel with those two guys because if you're too clean cut, it's like you copy GSP, and if you're just talking trash, you copy Conor. So I just think it's interesting how kind of fighting in MMA it grew, the UFC grew, but also um, so did uh, everything outside. You know, kind of paralleled, and it, it was kind of nice, a nice way to look at it. But yeah, praying with George is awesome, man. It's a serious athlete, obviously. <laughs> You had a fight in 2020. You have anything on the horizon? I don't know, man. Like, I'm getting older. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel young, you know? Like, I feel strong, and I play with those guys. And, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm in that kind of boat like George. I, someone never gets out of shape. I love training. I, I love to be a mixed martial artist. And I always love it about wrestling is, like, you know, you train. And there's no money in wrestling, you know? Even if I would have uh, – that's the one thing I didn't do in wrestling was the Olympics. But even if you qualify, you really don't get much money. Um so, yeah, I just train. I stay in shape. I never say never, but it's looking like, uh, you know, I have the Boom Boom Show here, and I'm trying to do some media stuff. I'm trying to follow you guys' lead and stuff. You know, that's why I'm, I appreciate you guys having me on. We'll see, though. I don't know. We'll see. Bro, I saw, I saw your uh, interview with uh, Jonathan DiBella. He was pretty interesting, you know. He's he yeah. several different type of arts, you know. like He's into boxing, karate, kickboxing. So yeah. uh, do you normally train with him? You're striking or where yeah, are you training? Yeah, the Jonathan DiBella, DiBella family, man, um, monster. Uh, yeah, so they have a, he has a small school and um, very, very, like, very stern, strict father, very old school kickboxing style. Um, you know, if you guys know any of your history of kickboxing, he comes from that Iceman, Johnny Terrio, his father, Angelo DiBella. They're very strict, strict when kickboxing was the shit in the 80s, you know? Um And, yeah, just a very strict school. I've done some training there. A little bit far for us, travel-wise, you know. But, um, yeah, for sure, like, I did about two years hard at that school. And, um, yeah, it's just, like, logistically, it's a bit difficult because they only have a small ring. And then, you know, when you're training for a cage and stuff, there's some different elements there. Plus, I'm a, a kind of a grappling base. So when I was in camp, it's really important to get my um, – that shoot box, those shoot box rounds in, which is what he never did. And he was also super young. But now, yeah, man, he's talking about going to MMA, and I'm helping him, and I'm coaching his wrestling. He's got oh, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, that's gonna be interesting because he's undefeated in Glory. Um, it's just too bad that he had to leave because there wasn't really a weight class. I think the lowest weight class 143 in Glory. He's a he's a true 125er. Uh, but yeah, if he puts on those small gloves, that's gonna be interesting because nobody strikes like him. I haven't seen it. Like he's he's that good. How how's his ground? Because I saw that he he mentioned that he was transitioning to MMA. He's raw. I mean, look, there's no question about it. Like anybody who's that skilled at one thing, unfortunately, the reality is you can't be too good at other things. You know, it's like it's just the reality of martial arts, the reality of life. So he's going he's an athlete. He'll transition well. He'll, he'll be fine. But obviously right now it's just a little raw just because it's not anything that he's put any time to. And again, I started I started um, MMA at 29, 28 years old. I was about 28 when I even first threw a punch. So it was kind of like my second career. I was kind of happy that I got as far as I did in the sport because again, I was, you know, I didn't qualify in 2012 for the Olympics. So after that, it was like, what am I going to do? I ended up fighting. I enjoyed it. I was with the guys at TriStar. Um, but I'm an athlete and I trained hard and he's the same way. He's going to work hard. He's going to get at it. But right now, yeah, he's, he's a white belt. He's raw, but he, you know, he learns fast. And um, again, his, his striking level is so high that um, as long as he can, he can, you know, put the same kind of uh, the same, you know, motivation towards grappling. I'm sure he'll be fine. 
Nice, nice. I, I look forward to it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I saw him in, in your uh, in your show, and he was pretty cool. So yeah, uh, awesome. You you have a, obviously a, a wrestling background. Was that your first art, or did you do any type of other striking art before no, for uh, wrestling? Sure, for sure, was my first. Um, I started wrestling like any other hyper kid in grade seven, seventh grade. Jumped in there, man. Then I saw what it was like. I saw like the wrestling singer. I was like, this is so weird. I'm out of here. <laughs> man, I was like, what is this? I thought like my gym teacher's like, you have to wrestle. All my boys are like, you got to wrestle. You're hyper. They were all beating me up anyways. I was like 60 pounds. They're like, man, you'll fight guys your own size. You don't have to take a beating from us anymore. Let's go. And um, yeah, man, I tried out. And after one practice, I was like, nah, forget this. And uh, and then I ended up trying a competition because my friends were like, you got to compete. You got to see what it's like to be out there. Right. And I remember I competed. We had a couple guys come in from like upstate New York because we're you know kind of on the border here. Mm -hmm. And they just kicked my ass. But I loved it. And I, I never stopped since then. And I stayed till from, yeah, the seventh grade until about, uh, you know, 27, 28, 29 years old. So you were around 13 years old when you started or so? Even younger, man. Like okay. 12, 12, maybe. Uh, I'm one of the... I'm one of the late guys at the end of the year, so it's probably 11 when I started because I entered grade seven and 11. So oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, really young. Yeah. Well, yeah. at least he didn't hand you a pair of trunks and some boots and be like, "Yo, go work in there with Hulk Hogan." I wish. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, where are the steel chairs? What are we doing?" Like, you tell me wrestling practice, man. I thought I literally thought like I was like, "Oh, we're just gonna put on a show or something." And yeah, and I saw like, guys are lying around and headlock. I was like, no. Yeah, that's the worst, man. You just go in there, you're like, man, I'm about to get my own special move today, the Stone Cold Stunner. And they're like, all right, man, get in the wrestler's position. <laughs> What? <laughs> What are these dudes doing, coach? I, yeah. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, right. Did, did yeah. you ever give it any thought about possibly jumping into pro wrestling? All the, all the time, man. Like, uh, I grew up loving it. Uh, obviously, yeah, I, I would love to do that. I'm obviously a, a smaller guy, smaller stature, a flyweight, so it's not easy or They're, Bro, you'll be a high to, flyer. Yeah, they're not high. They're not, I could do some high flying. That's if they, you know, I'll throw my body around. I don't really mind. I've done some sport work in movies and stuff. I don't really mind doing that. But um, yeah, man, if, if they if they called me, I'd be there. And, hey, listen, ooh, you know, Canada produces some awesome wrestlers. You know, you, you got like the late Dino Bravo. Yes, sir. Oh, you know your history, yeah. The, the Rujo brothers. Come on, you know. Yeah. Uh, and all from Quebec as well, yeah. The, the Hart brothers, you know, Owen, Brett, and, and, and the rest of them. You know, it's yeah. a slew of them. So, shit. Let's go. Let's get the Boom Boom Foundation. Let's go. Shit. <laughs> I, have, I have a friend that's wrestling in AEW. Yeah, yeah. So, cool, you know, the, the, the indies, you can do all kinds of shit. Hey, if he wants a, a small guy to talk shit, run around, get on the microphone, whatever, <laughs> man. <laughs> how, how are you as a fighter, though? Do you like talking shit to your opponents? No, I, I got to admit I'm respectful. And that's only okay. because I have a uh, – my, my wrestling coach is a Soviet coach. Very, wow. very, again, very strict. Everything yeah. in the wrestling room was, was just like that. And he always, he always bugged me. He always called me the free spirit because I was the one who was always – You know, I would talk to other people, talk to the other athletes, get everyone joking around, get everyone going kind of. And, um, yeah, I kind of had a different trajectory than everybody else did in the development just because I wasn't that. He knew that, you know, if you're a good coach, you know that you can't – unfortunately, you can't coach everybody the same. And I think he, he – I mean, the, the, the Soviets, the Russians, are, I think they're ahead of their time with sports psychology and all that. So I think he knew how to, how to handle me. But uh, for sure, when I got into the fighting career, I was like, man – You know, you gotta respect guys. You gotta respect the athletes. But um, I, I kind of, yeah, part of me kind of regrets that a little bit. You know, <laughs> dude, yeah. 
I feel like that's so Canadian, though. You know, like, you guys are so nice. You'll kick ass, like, but still, you'll be like, so sorry, my friend. You're like, what? You just destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see out my left eye, but you just said sorry. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, well, I mean, we can't help but being polite, obviously. We're the, uh, we're just up here, man. We're, we're, uh, we're at the border, man. We're up here just being nice, being polite, being friendly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a very Canadian thing. It's very cliche. But I think if I could do it all again, I'm starting to think that uh, I maybe would have had a bigger, maybe media presence from day one. Because it's the reality of the sport. You know, you got to. Mm-hmm. You got to sell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. And, and that's why, you know, when Connor came into the scene and he started talking all that shit, you know, he started selling. Yep. Yeah. You know, pay-per-view buys are going up. People yeah. either want to see him get his ass kicked or they want to see him kick somebody's ass. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, like, look, Conor McGregor's figured out the perfect uh, criteria to just having people want to see you, period. If people, you know, if people don't care if you win or lose and they just want to see you, like, Conor can go take a piss right now and sell it on pay-per-view. So if you figure out that aspect, you can't go wrong. So I think Chio Sonnen was the one that actually said that. Yeah, like, he was like uh, the OG. If people just want to see you, that's, you know... Yeah. And again, like, who, who cares if he won and lost? Who cares about his last fights? And it's just about seeing him. He's got that aura about him. And I don't know, like, he just figured it out, man. I used to hate Chael Sonnen. And, and then when I figure out what he was doing, I'm like, oh, this shit is funny. Yeah, yeah. The heel, that's like, for people like Chael and even Connor, a lot of the memories just come from those press conferences. Like the, man, 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 man. Or, who the fuck is that guy? Everyone knows that. Even the casuals know that. Yeah. And so they're like, you know what? I got to see this guy fight no matter what. Even like he can have a performance like what happened with Khabib. They don't care. He's still Connor. Yeah. And, and, and you know, he did put together some big wins at some big times. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Well, that helps too. You know, kind of Allah Muhammad Ali. It's like he's talking all this trash and he's, but he was controversial at the time. Like I had a boxing historian talk to me the other day, uh, Howard Grant, who was, shout out to Howard Grant, the grandmothers who run a, you know, the world class boxers, oldest the world champion here. And they were explaining to me how during, the, at the time, he was kind of disliked too in some circles because he was so controversial, just a la Conor McGregor. But then, you know, you start winning and, you, you know, you start knocking people out and and uh, all is forgotten in, in the ring, I guess, in the cage. So that's kind of awesome. Yep. Winning fixes everything. People forget. It's like people love a winner, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I love a winner, but I'm also, you know, if I ride with somebody, I'm dying with them, you know. If they lose, I'm like, fuck, they lost. <laughs> right away, McDojo, what about those? But, but they're still my guy. <laughs> what about those Instagrammers there you guys post, man? Too funny. You ride with those guys too? <laughs> man, I don't know about that. Yeah, you know, that if I'm that's, paid that's enough, Rob's, you know, yeah, area of expertise. <laughs> but, but I will throw this out there. If I'm paid enough, I will give you the best no-touch knockout performance. So just throwing that out there. If you're looking for someone to help push your uh, – your bullshito uh, hit me up. <laughs> Chris, yeah, wanna... Chris Rice and dies with Cowboy Cerrone. Even even if he's got nine losses in a row, don't matter. <laughs> he's still riding with him. Yep, that's my guy. You like yeah, I, you like Cowboy, huh? Yeah, I've always liked Cowboy. I've liked him ever since he first came in, and they give me shit all the time because it doesn't matter. The, most of the time, you know, we tr- when we do our picks, you know, we try to pick smart, but even even if Cowboy's on, it's a it's a no-brainer. It's a heart pick right there. Yeah, so, it's a heart pick all, all day. Let me put everybody. it to you this way. If if Cowboy is fi- fighting Francis and Ganu, Chris Cowboy, would be like, be like Cowboy all day. 
cowboy. <laughs> where that stem from? You you know him personally? Is there a background there? No, I just I I've he, always he saw that liked... man in a cowboy hat. He was like, that's a damn good fighter right there. He's a redneck, just like he is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the, the country boy kind of guy in in the group here. So, but no, I've I've always liked his fighting. He's never been one. I mean, he doesn't talk a lot of shit. I'm not a big fan of of the guys who talk uber amounts of shit i was yeah. a colby or i'm still a colby fan but when he started going real hard into it i was kind of like i kind of got to get off this train a little bit you know yeah. i'll never forget man there's a story a funny story about cowboy i was like 2009 maybe 10 maybe 2008 i was still wrestling and i would train with john chamber he's like one of the strength conditioning coaches out here and cowboy was training there uh, a lot of the grit the jackson guys would come uh, come out train with gsp and then go uh, do conditioning with John Chamber. And I forget, I go in one day, he was training these like French girls, these Quebecois girls. And there was, yeah. I didn't know anything about, yeah, they were cute as hell. I didn't know anything about, uh, about Cowboy or fight. I didn't really follow much fighting at the time, but she kept coming in. She kept asking John, Coach John, like, oh, when is Cowboy coming back? When Cowboy, Cowboy, she kept talking about Cowboy with the at, you know, the nice Cowboy at, when he come back for, I want to see the Cowboy. At the end of the session, I'm like, John, what the hell is this girl talking about? Who's, what's Cowboy? He's like, oh, Cowboy's strong. He's a fighter, man. His girl had like a huge crush on him and everything. And then anyways, came to the wrestling club and I met him and I was, bu- I bugged him about that so much. I was like, man, you attract them French girls. I didn't know they liked Cowboys. And uh, yeah, it's just a funny story. It was like, made me laugh, but he was a good guy. He's a, he's a great guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I love what he's done at his ranch too. You know, he's uh, just listening to him, you know, building the BF, the BF ranch and putting the dorms there for the younger fighters to come. And he doesn't charge him anything. He's like, just come stay train, you know, Clean up yeah, after yourselves. Yeah. I've yep. heard about that, yeah. That's nice to do, you know, when uh, when fighters get to a level where they can not only give back, but they can, you know, kind of build their own uh, their own training facility. We see it in Boston all the time, you know, these world championship fighters. There are guys that, you know, they not only do they have their own camp, but they actually build their own gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ort, shout out to him, was one of like the first guys to do that, send everybody up to his ranch or his camp, whatever. I'd hear stories about that. So I think that's important, too, for guys taking it in their own hands. And I mean, look, uh, the reality is like when you get popular, you get famous. You know, I saw it with GSP. You go into the gym and, you know, you got like your everyday athletes there, your regular classes there, your amateur class. There's so many people coming in and out all the time. It's nice to, you know, have your own place and just go in, get your training done and bring in some other fighters. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's uh, that's that's huge, I think. And I think if that's something that MMA could definitely use from boxing. Um, like boxing has been doing that forever, you know. Did, did before this whole COVID shithead, were you traveling for your camps at all, or were you just focused on TriStar? Uh, focus on TriStar. We've got a really good setup here, obviously, with the wrestling. We've got the National Training Center down the road. Obviously, TriStar Gym. I've got the Grant Brothers. And then um, the Debella, obviously. And then also, once in a while, to New York with John Danahar. Uh, we're kind of, TriStar's become kind of affiliated with them right now. So, so you'll be going to Puerto Rico now then? Man, I can't wait. I, I tell those guys, I'm like, man, I might be retired, but I'm still coming. <laughs> you guys do that. <laughs> I'm there, man. I was training a bit with Nicky Ryan before, and the guy got so big and strong now. The last, he, like every time, every, I go once or twice a year, and every time I go, he'd be bigger and stronger, and I can't run. There's no way I can wrestle with him now, man. It's just, <laughs> Have you seen him lately? <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like his abs got abs. Yeah. It's like, yeah. holy shit, who is this kid? Yeah. He's like he's like a mini Gordon. He's mm-hmm. almost there. He's not even eighteen yet, is he? He's still like no, no. He's he, like I think 19 he is. Or 20. Yeah, maybe maybe eighteen. I think he's eighteen. Yeah, something because like he competed seventeen. That was last year. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think he competed at ADCC as a, as a 17 year old. That's right. He got promoted there or something like that, too. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I want to see the evolution of those guys, the guys mm-hmm. that John really had from from square one. I'd like to see how those guys do. You know, it's nice to see when guys uh, go through a certain system and see how they go, you know, mm-hmm. with the same coach and don't kind of jump around different uh, camps. You know, it's nice to see that, too. I can't wait to see how those guys do. Yeah, well, man, what, like- wasn't, wasn't John part of uh, GSP's camp for a while? For a long time, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, George went over there one time and he never he never stopped going. You know, oh, all right. you know yeah, they had a John on tough with like hair before, man. Can never forget that. Yeah. John yeah. Denhart was one of the first guys I rolled with when I started jiu-jitsu. Like I would try starting fooling around and like John John Denhart was there, and I rolled with them. And I remember thinking like, what the heck is this guy doing? I don't I have no clue. Like he just set traps and like cho- and just play with you. It was like. But then he could barely walk because he had two bad hips. So he was yeah. kind of like walking. Oh, shit. He'd walk like this. And then he'd be like, he would just roll with you, just lie back. And next thing you know, you're in like, you're getting sub 15 different ways. And everybody's doing <laughs> different And that was, yeah, that was probably about 10 years ago. But yeah, man, it was, it was nuts. Yeah, Nikki's 20. Okay, oh, there you go. 20. Yeah, yeah man. It's well, what's scary. your ranking jiu jitsu? Uh, purple, purple belt. Oh. Yeah, I started, uh, I started with a friend, Fabio Holanda here. He's kind of a, a friend with BTT Brazilian top team, but like I'm back and forth doing jitsu with with TriStar and with uh, BTT. Like I don't get to go that much anymore to to Fabio's, but I kind of like I would like to like you know get a black through him just because I started with him, you know. So it'd be yeah. nice. To, uh, I just I just you know Fabio's really strict with you got to do the gi if you want to progress, and I don't do any gi. That's why probably I'm a. I mean, like I'm not. I know that you know everybody has different systems and different right, right. that you know i'm as a wrestler i think my my grappling game is, is high you know so mm-hmm. i've you seen know. i've seen Faraz uh roll and he's really good too yeah Faraz is uh extremely good like people don't really understand he's just he's really 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 high energy high pace really good really stays out of difficult situations puts himself into like he's really smart like you know, he's really smart at like, okay, this guy's a wrestler. I might not want to take that game. I'll jump into a leg locks. But everything is to um, end up on top. So it's all kind of MMA based, which is interesting too. Because like if he'll, like if he'll, I'll see him go with like a heavyweight wrestler and then he'll get taken down, but throw himself into a leg lock to end up on top on the ground. For us, his game is implemented towards MMA. And that's why it's so interesting because he's, uh, it's really effective. You know, it's a really effective uh, martial art. Whereas, you know, he's not, and, and again, he trains the, all the time. So he's not one of these guys that's going to get out of shape. He's into his forties now. So he's not one of these guys that you're going to catch him on a shape either, you know? So I think all those elements is what makes for us special. And obviously the constant learning and the constant evolving. Uh, but yeah, and he's like, when you roll with him, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's that like two teacher student thing, but I have seen him like wreck everybody, including uh, those, uh, those Dan hard guys that come back, you know, I I've seen videos and yeah, I, I I've seen him wreck some people. <laughs> So he don't, he doesn't teach jujitsu at all. No, no, he does. He does. He does. Okay. It's just that you know, it's 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 an MMA based. Like, okay. Obviously, before COVID, he has his regular classes, and they're full to the brim. Like the gym, people are exploding out of TriStar. Um, but right now, I'm I'm speaking right now. It's very MMA training. It's like for the guys who are fighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like his kind of belt system, I think that's kind of. Uh, actually, I saw him give a couple of belts during COVID, but I think right now, it, just because he can't. Uh, be with a lot of the everyday athletes and the amateurs and stuff. Um, that's kind of subsided a bit, but he's definitely uh, his class. He gives three classes a week, specifically jujitsu, and then again, he, he lines all over the place. So like he'll be, you know, he'll be working with guys in the cage who are fighting, and then he'll go back to his class and he'll be working with some of the guys in wrestling stuff and cage wrestling. And 
some guys with you know striking and takedown elements, shoot boxing elements. So, but yeah, man, it's a great environment there for sure when he's teaching. Now you mentioned boxing a few times. Uh, I got a dumb question for you. Jamie Boom Boom Mancini. Any relation no, to I wish. Ray Boom Boom Mancini? I wish I was a relation to Ray Boom Boom. I wish, man. Uh, yeah, I didn't even really know who he was, but when I was wrestling coming up, some of the older generation was like, hey, you're 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 Mancini, just like Boom Boom Mancini. I was like, who's that? And they were like, man, he's a boxer that was really aggressive and really kind of outspoken. He's kind of, he kind of mirrors you, man. You're Boom Boom. And then I was like, I oh, the name stuck. So I was like, oh, I can't. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, I'm not related to him. I wish, man. That's, that'd be cool. <laughs> That's yeah. dope. I mean, I thought, man, he, he might know him because he likes boxing. So, yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, I uh, found out about him much later again. I didn't yeah. even like really look into boxing until I was in my late 20s. So, oh, okay. So, <laughs> you didn't grow up watching boxing and all that? Like, I would like follow the, the main guys. You know, I knew it was going Tyson. on in Tyson's career. I, I really always, uh, I always enjoyed like Andre Ward and especially guys who had like um, the Olympic base. Yeah, really into amateur sports. So I would like, you know, I knew about Floyd Mayweather's full story about how he lost to the Olympics, how Roy Jones Jr. lost to the Olympics. And that was controversial. So I, I follow like a lot of the Olympic athletes. And again, a lot of because wrestling is an amateur sport. A lot of the kind of um, amateur galas would kind of parallel with each other. So I get to meet a lot of the amateur boxers. But other than that, no, I wasn't like uh, well versed in the history of boxing. Yeah. What did you think about uh, Roy Jones and Tyson? Did you watch that fight? Yeah, before I watched it, we covered on the Boom Boom Show. It was nice, man. It was, you know, it's it's look, it's it's fun to watch. Like anything, and people that criticize it, anything that's going to develop anything or build uh, any kind of in in a combat sport, I'm down for. I don't care if it's a turtle boxing uh, Conor McGregor. I don't care what the hell it is, man. If you're gonna, if, you know, if you're gonna give us extra eyes, we need all we can get. So let's go, baby. But it was great, man. Like. They seemed like they took it seriously. There was a mutual respect. The Jake Paul on the card. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, it was nice, man. Oh, that was the highlight. To me, that was that was the fight. That I was, was the fight, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, all of us here, except one, knew what the Tyson fight was going to be. Only know. one of us thought that it was going to be a legit boxing crap. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I grew up watching both those guys. And to me, I still remember them as killers. So, you know, when we got the pay-per-view, we did a fight companion. You know, we got a couple of guys in and we, yeah. start, you know, we're talking about it. And uh, I was like, what's going on here? And and then somebody explained it to me and I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yeah, he didn't realize <laughs> it was just heard about Santa Claus for the first time. They're like, what? Yeah. 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 I think like... Uh, also, there was there was a lot of you guys. Poor you guys doing a fight companion. All those artists that were coming out after every fight, they had like a new oh, they had a mini concert every time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's such a buzzkill. Man, yeah. that was that was like a three and a half hour podcast we did because because yep. of all the music. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it went on. It ran on and on and on. And it was dragging on. But again, I think they. I think they. They kind of developed it nicely with the smaller ring the smaller yeah. uh you know they had everybody excited about the eight rounds but then they only did two minutes which is smart too but yeah i think every i think i saw that being a lot of clutching and grabbing that's what i said when i broke down i thought that you know at that age it's going to be difficult to kind of stay in it and obviously bernard, place, hopkins, yeah. bernard hopkins whole career when his 40s yeah. although he thought fought till like the late 40s but he was great at like throwing a one two and then just holding on you know yeah so he beat, he beat my guy like that 
Yeah, it's like. Well, it's, I mean, that's what the Klitschko's did. I mean, that was basically their their whole entire style for their championship years was one two, grab, and then yeah, break one two, one, two grab. They were so tall, guys were going to come in and then he grabbed. Yep. But man, that th those jabs that they threw, man. The, those were like you know power punches almost. No, there, there was still strokes of brilliance there. You know, mm -hmm. like Jones was throwing the like jab to the side and kind of like leaning off footwork, and Tyson was coming in, yep, um, like a like bull. the old Tyson. Yeah, man, there was there were some nice uh, flashes there, man. <laughs> yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna keep going. I think the next one's gonna be Tyson and Holyfield. So. Oh yeah. man! Hopefully that's, everybody keeps their ears. Yeah, yes, that'd be great. That'd be great if Holyfield came on with some wrestling with the wrestling yeah, ear guards <laughs> just for the boxing match, just as a joke. Not like the real old school headgears, you know, the plastic yeah. ones, the red and blue plastic ones. Always. Yep. Just yeah. to protect the ears. So, what do you guys? Uh, what do you? What do you guys think about tomorrow? What are we? What are we saying about tomorrow? Oh boy, uh, let's see. Let's, let's pull it up since we got it over here already. Uh, let's see. Share screen. You want to start? Yeah, at, I got I it. Mean, I got early. It. Ooh. Uh, let's see. This is the prelims. Oh, wait. What happened to. Uh, this is early prelims, or these are prelims. Why is Armin fighting. Um, go up. Why is Armin fighting. Uh, Matt Farrell. Frivola? Oh, so I guess Nazrat pulled out and they threw in Frivola there? Yeah, oh, I, yeah I know they had backups. I saw Frivola on the on the countdown, so I was like, hmm, interesting. I really want to see Armin fight again. That's nice then. Yeah, cool. So before that, we got Khalil Roundtree against Marcin Pracino or Pracnio. I've, I've never heard of Pracnio, to be honest with you. Pracnio, probably a Brazilian. Yeah. Poland. Brazilian, Brazil. Nope, Poland. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm going with Khalil because yeah, I know Khalil. Khalil. <laughs> and then my girl Juliana Pena, the Venezuela vixen. I haven't seen her in a while. I mean, after she had her baby, she hasn't really been too active. And Sarah McMahon is a stud. She she's a fucking beast. Yeah. So Juliana was the ultimate fighter winner. Yep. And there was a lot of hype behind her. And then remember, there was that whole controversy where she. Or ACL in a, in camp, right? Right. And, um, then she kind of uh, came back. I think she's one and one since she's come back, or maybe two and one. Uh, I'm going to go with Juliana because that's my girl. But although Sarah McMahon, you know, is a beast and could easily win that fight too. So. Yeah, I hate going against the wrestlers. I'm, I'm always biased. Cool. To the wrestlers. Who do you got on that one? Because well, McMahon's a wrestler. Rarely go against the wrestlers. Okay, uh, so I'll just say Sarah. But eesh, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. This this one right here is tough. Brad Tavares, he's uh, an OG. I mean, he's been around for a long time. And Cara de Zapato, Carlos Jr., he's a stud grappler. Um, grappler striker. Man, this is this is a tough one to pick because if he goes down to the ground, this is Jr. all day long. But if on the on the feet, I, I got to give it to Tavares. So oh, um, Jr.'s got a, a longer reach though. Big time. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. Bernie, who do you got? <laughs> I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, since, since I'm a somewhat of a jujitsu guy, I'm gonna go with uh, Cara de Zapato, Carlos Jr. Yeah, give me shoe face. Shoe face. Shoe face. Yep. Chris, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Brad. Jamie, who you got? Uh, I'll go Tavares KO man. Tavares Ooh. KO. Oh, oh, oh. And you wanted to see Armin. Obviously, you're picking Armin, right? I like his grappling heavy style. Uh, yeah. I liked his fight 
against obviously my friend Olivier. He just said Olivier Obey Mercier. He's such a good fight against him. Kids, a, kids, a stud, man. I don't know. I can't. All right. Yeah, I got him. So since you got him, I'm gonna pick him. Right. You know, you can't right. go against that man. He has a longer reach too. All right, cool. Let's move into the main card. Oh, make weight. Yeah, I think everybody did. I yep. think well, yeah. Armin did make weight. He was off by a pound. By oh, a pound? Yeah. Oh, well, that, a little that's... bit of respect because he's off by three pounds, and then he he actually cut the extra two pounds in the hour, which which nice. gives you a little bit of respect for that because at yeah. least he tried. Yeah. Right. You got to make weight, man. You know what a nightmare it is for me to get out of flyweight? Come on, man. You got to make weight. Well, I mean, you the wrestlers, y'all are always like, hey, if you ain't making weight, you know. Yeah, like you're not, not competing, but. Yeah, you're not competing because that's all y'all do. I yeah. mean. I feel like you guys cut weight for fun sometimes, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, shit, got nothing else to do this weekend. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let me not eat for a week just I'm to I'm not even going to tell you guys how sick I am in my head, but yeah. That's <laughs> right? <laughs> Bro, listen, this is a show that you can say whatever. We're not politically correct. <laughs> works, man. We, we, we have gotten some heat from people and... Look, uh, as long as we're not pulling any copyright issues, we don't care. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's what hits us is copyright. Eh? Miggy, Miggy made a joke about two weeks ago, and the and the shit we caught oh, for that. Oh, oh shit! So anyway, whatever, man. All publicity is public. All publicity is publicity. There we go. We're gonna write with that. Yeah. Yeah. They they say that until the bad publicity is coming your way. Yeah. Until like, I don't house. know if this is good. <laughs> This doesn't feel good. Yeah, but you just gotta weather the storm for a minute, man. I, yeah. Oh yeah. I, the yeah. problem is, man, is if you really care in doing this, that you're then you're you gonna have a hard more. time. Yeah, oh, for I, sure, for sure, man. I, I threw my hand in, in stand stand up comedy before the pandemic. I did like seven, eight shows. Nice. Really, realize, man, it's like the more controversial you are, you get the laughs, you know. And, and it's gonna happen. Like you're gonna have. It's like if I had one or two people being like, hey, man, my friend's girlfriend said that you should have said this. But then 10 other people, like, that was fucking hilarious. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's humor common. comes from funny comes from this all from the same place. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it hits. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, you know, some of us see something funny that's posted. We say something and we get rescued. That was me. <laughs> that was me. I, I did not assess the situation before I said what I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, there days. was a, it was the video of the training up from, I think it was like the Middle Egypt. East. It was Egypt. Egypt. Yeah. Yep. Of the coach basically just whooping the shit out of a nine year old kid, like training. Oh, oh, yes. I saw that. You guys posted that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Wallow went to make the joke of, uh, you know, I don't see an issue here. This man's training champion. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was, is Wallow did not go through the comments and he did not see guys like Big Pygmy coming out and going, show me where this guy is. I'll kill him. Tom, Tom DeBloss wanting to kill yeah. him. You know, every major MMA star weighing in going, <laughs> that guy's a piece of shit. And then Wallow drops that bomb. <laughs> Luckily, Rob saved his life because he saw he saw the comment and just wiped it. Just went ahead, <laughs> made it disappear before anybody could pick up on it, and yeah. told Wallow, he's like, "Hey, man, I just went ahead and got rid of that for you." Yeah, but like as ba- again, as bad as you know, as bad as that video was, like you know that's a joke. For come on, man, a hundred percent. Because I mean, well, the problem is, I know it's a joke. You know it's a joke, Miggy. You know we know this is a joke. People it's not happy. Yeah, it's the other 80% of people who just don't get that. You know, hey, sometimes the joke don't land. I think it's like the small percentage of people that are more vocal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. It's, you know, it's the 10%, but they 
they sound like they're eighty percent because oh, like they just yeah, sure. shut up. Yeah. So what what made you decide to start uh, doing some stand up? Um, I had a buddy that's doing it. Guy I grew up with. He does it, and he does like just for laughs and a bunch of big festivals. He got pretty big now. So shout out to Paul B. Good, good for him. Really doing his thing here in Montreal. And um, I, you know, every time I like have a new chick, it would be like a good date spot. Like I'll just take a chick and we'll go go check him out. You know, like some local show. You know. And at the at the end of his show, I'd always say the same thing. Yo, I could do this. Like I could do this. So he started to host his own show. He got like a little spot, and uh, he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna have you on." And that was in like three weeks from the time he told me. So I'm like, all right, cool. And then I had to actually write jokes and uh, it worked out, man. It was, uh, it was, it was fun to shoot the shit out on stage. I've done a lot of like commentary and stuff. I'm used to kind of doing that, that kind of thing. And, um, but yeah, super fun. I learned a lot and uh, I wish I, I probably will do it again. Fuck. Well, if you're comfortable, you know, in front of people talking, I think that's probably half the battle, you know, well, the other, anybody, like anybody who's comfortable, they can do it. As long as you the one thing I'll tell you, if you have anybody starting off stand-up comedy, is just stick to your material because the shit you think is funny, probably people won't think it's funny. So just keep joke after joke. Just stick to your material, and something might, you know, might hit. You know. Well, Maggie over here thought about that. You know, doing some stand-up at one point. I don't know what happened. He gave up on yeah. it real quick. Yeah, I moved to the middle of nowhere, and uh, I kind of killed it for me. That'd be yeah. the perfect place to open mic. Yeah. I know it, right? it makes fun of people there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I tried crowd work at one show and it was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like craziest to say is like, I kind of have like that one dream of just bombing, right? Like just to see how I handle that situation. Oh, I feel man, like, I I feel like it would be the shit. I could get like a, like a comedian high just yeah. seeing people heckle at me and be like, man, this is, this is what I'm living for right yeah. here. Yeah. Either that or you go backstage and you puke. And <laughs> and you're like, wow, this, this was really tough. Like, man, this yeah. is great. Miggy's has got a dream of doing some stand up, and my dream is to watch him bomb. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, we have <laughs> similar goals. When all this is over, you guys come to Montreal. I'll get you on a couple of shows. I get you. Oh, hell yeah. Show. There you go. We'll do it together. We'll do like five minutes each. Boom. Oh, there you yeah. go, Miggy. They're going to be like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, <laughs> right? Hey. <laughs> There's some people that you're like, oh my God, man. Hey, Miggy, whatever you do, don't make fun of GSP, bro. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do the hey, accent. I do, do the accent. What's up? What's up? There's people here. Every time they see me, they're like, oh, you do MMA, man. You know, Jean Saint Paul, Jean Saint Carla, John Saint. They all think they know him, man. And then him is, oh, fuck. I'm like, yeah, I know the guy. People are just fucking, people here are crazy about him. But yeah, man, like, even if they, you know, now, if, even if they don't know him, they, everybody thinks they know him. And, Great man. I mean, he's a national treasure up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we got we got like what eight? What is it? Eight world wonders. He should be the number nine. (laughs) I mean, come on, he he is a true champion through and through. You know, in the cage and outside. You know, you guys like you're talking about being from the Midwest. If you guys saw where he comes from, it's not like people think it's like Quebec, Montreal. It's not really. He's not from Montreal. He's from the outskirts of the outskirts, like small town. That's why he's like still got that small town humble mentality like he comes from so it's, it is kind of like such a miracle to see where he's come from it's not like he's from the big city where he would have access to like a lot of training partners from a young age you know hey have you made fun of him yet for his hair yeah yeah I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for an audition, though, but i don't know I'm like maybe he likes it now <laughs> be like jamie i'm going to punch you <laughs> hey, I am not impressed with your performance. Don't talk about my own. 
You'll see you'll see him at your next show heckling you. Uh, I'm, I'm, anyways, I'm, this I'm man is not funny. I'm a I'm allowed to make fun of them, all right? I'm a yeah, you're a partner, so yeah. Yeah. Ah, good lord. Dude, that's great, man. Yeah. Uh yeah. let's go back to the to the fights here before we forget. Right. <laughs> so Amanda Hivas or Rebus against Marina Rodriguez. I don't know Marina so, very well. So I'm going with Amanda because she got interviewed like for this week, you know, for fight week. And she yeah. mentioned like, I have weird guys hitting me up for feet picks. I'm picking her because of that comment right there alone. All right. Which okay. Fact? Well, she said you did to chick too. So mm-hmm. going to go with her too. Uh, I don't know Andrew, although he's got a badass haircut. Right. star guy. Uh, that's your guy, right? He won the ultimate fighter. Um, and then he came, he, yeah, he came to Montreal and never left. <laughs> Man, I feel like a douchebag now for not knowing him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Division two national champion. Uh, he won the um, he won the Jiu-Jitsu Worlds. I think the Nogi. Yeah, good grappler. Really good hey, grappler. Sure. Nice. George, yeah, George said like probably the best cage wrestler he's ever re- he's ever grappled with. But oh, now right. he um, implemented Conrad Plow. Shout out to Conrad Plow, one of the original TriStar founders, uh, another world champion kickboxer. He's really implemented that style. For his last fight, he got the KO in his last fight. And um, now I think we're going to see a lot of stand-up, especially you see a Russian there. I think this guy is a Sambo guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, 24 and 6. Do you guys know about his his opponent? Do you guys know about his little backstory there, about his little uh, kind of – uh-huh. For a adult adult film business. Oh, oh no! Oh, he's a star. <laughs> oh shit! Did oh, not. Now, now, does he own the business or is he like an actor? I'll tell you one more. I'll need the Russians after me, man. We got a big Russian. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I say shit. <laughs> Yo, man, you're gonna see a whole bunch of dudes pulling up in Adidas tracksuits. Be careful, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the Congo hats. Mm. Yeah. Yo, my man, you were talking about me. <laughs> I heard you on the podcast. <laughs> Everyone, Slavic squat in front of his house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, I'm going to go with Andrew because his last name is Sanchez. And Raza, I, right there, man. That's, that's, that's Raza. That's right. We Latinos. So we, we, I'm going with Andrew. Miggy? You already know it, dog. And, the race. and let me guess Chris is going with the white guy. Mahmoud, <laughs> I mean, if he if he had a you know porn star, <laughs> you get a rude again. Come on, he's gonna come out to the ring with a couple of ladies. That would be hilarious. Well, Mayhem Miller used to come out with chicks, you know, dancing with him. Why yeah, not? He's Mayhem. But yeah, anyway, but that's Mayhem. Yeah, well, well, I'm going with Andrew. So. Yeah, I actually am too. All right, then we have Jessica I, who I love. She made one show, yeah, too. She, she's she's a hottie too, and John Calderwood. I mean, her striking is really good. I, oof, man, this is gonna be tough, but I'm gonna go with Jessica. I. Who do you guys got? I'm gonna go with Calderwood. Oh wow! Damn. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. So I, I hate to say this, but okay, go ahead. Jessica, I uh, a few fights ago tried to get a chant going when this is like COVID restriction. I think. Yeah. No one cheered back, and I just oh, felt so bad for her that I. Well, can't there was nobody it. in the crowd, fool. Yeah, and she still did it, man, and I felt so uncomfortable. And I was like, "I'm sorry, Jessica, but." Uh, Thank for Jessica. I gotta go with JoJo though, man. She spent some time in Montreal. Oh, okay. we did an Instagram live together. She's a good friend. 
great, great front kicks, amazing teeps, good Muay Thai combinations. Uh, nice. I think she could, I think she could uh, split her open, man. Let's go, JoJo. All right. Hell yeah. Chris, who are you going with? I'm going with JoJo. I like the tattoo she's oh, got on here. Okay. Well, I'm I'm the odd man out. Okay. You are the odd man out. Listen, that's cool. You know, I I just happen to like Jessica. I. That's fine. Here we go, evil. Hey, hey. Here we go, Jessica. Call me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Then in the co-main, oh. this should be fire. And I know you probably are going to pick the wrestler. Oh, man. Are you yeah. going? With- are you going with Michael? Yeah, I gotta. She's, you know, I don't know. Maybe if it was five rounds, I'll go Hooker, but I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, I'll go with Decision Chandler. Oh man, this, this is tough. What, what about you guys? I'm going Hooker. You're going Hooker? Yeah, yeah man. All right. How's how's he winning, Chris? Uh, knockout. Oh yeah. damn, Maggie, who you got? So this is Chandler's first fight in UFC, correct? Correct. Right? This is Bellator versus UFC, essentially? Correct. Technically, yeah. I, I want to see Chandler win. Oh. oh. Okay. And I am probably... Yeah. I'm, I'm going with double knockout. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> put, your money, put your money where your mouth is. Man. I'll take that bet. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you odds. I, I haven't seen that happen since like 2010. And Shoney Carter's reaction was just priceless. Oh, man, that was so awesome. Um, I'm actually going to go with Chandler. Oh, I'm on an island. Uh You are, boy. Uh Uh-huh. Because I've seen him fight. You know, I've seen his fights with with Eddie Alvarez and Mm -hmm. Patrick Pitbull. And he's a fucking stud, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Something that happens with the crossover when they go to new organizations, like when Gaethje came to the UFC – Mm-hmm. It started kind of rough. Obviously, when Eddie Alvarez went to one championship, I don't know, man. Like, I guess like the curse, maybe the, I don't know. I, it kind of makes me nervous when they come over. I, there, is mm-hmm. it the aura? Is it something different? Is it the unexpected? Yeah, they always have a hard time with that first fight. Well, yeah, I find two. I find two. Yeah, yeah. But you know, let's let's say he follows Eddie Alvarez's uh, footsteps. Eddie Alvarez became lightweight champion coming from Bellator. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, but we're it not, is possible. We're not picking future though. We're picking right now. <laughs> picking yeah. Saturday. Oh. I'm just I'm just making an observation. <laughs> Fucker. Nah, no. Anyway, I'm going with Chandler. All right. Ought man out, Chris. I'll take it. I'll enjoy my time on the island. And then the main event. Poor uh, you. <laughs> oh shit. Damn, how how's he winning too? Tell Poor, us. Uh, wrist lock. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Boston Crab. No, uh, um, I say decision. Decision? Yep. Okay. What about you, Jamie? Yeah, if it goes five rounds, doesn't uh, so tough. But I just think Connor's a sniper, man. I think that, you know, if he lands, I don't. I just think that if he lands, Dustin is the kind of guy that like he just he loves the chaos, um, and he'll just he might he might get hurt even more, you know. So I think uh, KO for Connor. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, Carlos McGregor. <laughs> Would you like some of my proper 12 whiskey? Oh, yeah, man. If not, I'll hit you. I am going with Dustin just because I've been following him since like 2008 when he was just arriving on the scene. I've always rode with him, so. So it's a heart pick. It's a heart pick. Uh-huh. If, you're, if you're asking me to bet with money, 
Money's on Connor. Oh shit. But I bet with my heart. All so right. I'm going with Dustin because that's who I want to see, you know, win. So I'm just interested to see, like, I mean, you know, he's McGregor's been away for a little bit. Well, he's been out for a year. Yeah. Just, you know, the last, the last, the win last fight was, had, a yeah, was with an old man. Yeah. With, uh, well, that one, but he also, he destroyed your boy Cowboy. He did. He in did. like, in like, what, like, yeah, like seconds, two seconds or whatever. Or yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. 40. 40. 40. Okay. My bad. I, yeah. Give, I, give I, the man his time. Come on. My bad. My, my fucking bad. Anyway. Jeez. Jesus Christ. Connor is a sniper and Dustin does get hit. He, he does. does. man. Oh. That's, the, that's, that's what concerns me because Connor carries so much power in his hands. And, you know, punches that, let's say, like the ones that Hooker hit him with, you know, yeah, they, 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 they rocked him a little bit. But if Connor hits him flush like he normally does, people, yeah. it's good night. You know, especially okay. if he lands that that left hook. Yeah. Forget about it. You know, it's this is gonna be the Connor show all day. But again, I'm, I I I bet with my heart, and I'm sticking with Dustin. Hell yeah. Oh, what do you think he should do? Let's say for for Dustin to win this fight, Jamie. What is what is he gonna have to do to beat Connor? I think with a guy who's a sniper is you got to always keep them guessing. Like you have to be so in your head to stay in the moment to like always have them guessing and guessing and guessing and guessing. And you can't, you know, uh, GSP calls it being third. You can't be first or you can't be second with, um, with Connor. You got kind of faint. So he goes and then you go, you know, because if you, if like Khabib is really good that he faints, he faints, he faints, he faints, and then you don't really know what's coming. And then when he counters, that's when he's in your legs. Or that's when he throws a big right hand that dropped Connor with. So I think with Connor, you gotta always you gotta be putting pressure on him, but you've gotta be doing it smart in that you're fainting so much that you know when when you see him rock, when you see something go, then you go right after that. And um, you know, you gotta mix in the grappling too, drain some of his energy, put him against a cage. Don't rush a takedown, but put him against the cage. You see if you make him scramble a little bit, that kind of guys who aren't natural grapplers, you gotta make them scramble. You know, you gotta put them against the cage, underhook them, overhook them, put your chin in there in their head, you know, make them feel that kind of that grind, that grind. And then when they go back in the center, hopefully they have less. So if I'm fighting Connor and I'm Dustin, a lot of feints, um, a lot of, uh, you know, obviously be third, but like I said, so let him, you know, counter your counter and then go right away. And when you go, it's got to be 100%. You've got to put the pressure going forward. You see, he had a little bit of brilliance against Khabib where he had a nice blitz, karate blitz, one, two, three. He put, uh, Dustin did put Khabib against the cage, but then he just stopped after that. So again, like you've got to follow up with that stuff uh, when you get a bit of momentum because you know you, again you let Connor get in any kind of groove it could be a nightmare. So yeah. I think taking away his groove, taking away his timing, a lot of feints. You know you can't fall asleep. Like Eddie Alvarez kind of looked like he fell asleep for a bit against Connor, and then he woke back up and it's like too late. You know, um, whereas but then you have Aldo who was too awake. He was too geared up. You know he didn't have that. There was no feints. He just rushed in with the right hand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just you know it's got to be you and. Again, you've, you've got to grind him a bit. You have to grind him. There's no question about it. You've got to grind him. Put him against the cage. And don't worry. Like, all the minutes that you're spending with his back to the cage, because, again, if you're Connor, the cage is fire. You never want your back to the cage. You want your back to the center. You want your, you want to be picking the guy apart. And, and any any moment that you're not, that Connor's not doing that, I think is a plus. So I know it's, it's, a, it's a little far-fetched, a little complicated, my, my strategy. But if you understand, it's just about putting the pressure on a lot of things. And then when you go, it has to be 100%. And you got to put full energy towards draining his energy. Mm-hmm. That's grappling if it's striking, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen him kind of gas 
towards the end of fights. You know, he he doesn't like that fourth fifth round. So, yeah. and look, he gassed with Diaz when they grappled, and he didn't gas yeah. with, and he didn't gas with Diaz when it was a stand up fight. Yep. So that's you know. true. Now there's been speculation about Khabib coming back, and there's been rumors. There's been rumors. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm going to ask you another stupid question. Do you think that GSP and Khabib happens? It's not beside the question, man. I think it could happen. Like, for all those people listening out there, you heard it first. Let's fucking go. Um, Yeah, like, GSP wants that fight. He wants something that's going to get him on a bed. He wants a trilogy fight. And he said it over and over again. I'm not giving you guys information that's not out there. Yeah. He said over and over again, he's not going to go back in the welterweight division to fight another slew of up-and-comers. He doesn't have it in him. He's not about that. It's all about his legacy now. Connor has a sick legacy, um, and that's the fight that makes sense. I think if, if you know, stars align, I think it could happen. And I, and I don't think it's over yet. It's not over yet. That fight may happen. All right, listen. That would be the most respectful MMA fight ever. Yeah. Listen, you, <laughs> I, I don't think people are watching. Any inside info you can give us? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on, man. Orders training. That's what I give you, man. Come on, there come on. Go. Come on. He's your friend. About Andrew Sanchez was when you know he started to work a lot with Andrew Sanchez I think two years ago. Um, he was saying that yeah, Andrew Sanchez would be a great uh, guy to implement in for that camp because of how good Sanchez's cage wrestling is. As much as Sanchez doesn't use his grappling that much anymore, but yeah. Uh, so George has always won that fight. He wants that fight, guys. There's no like he may not come out and say it as much as I'll say it, but he really wants that fight, man. I think yeah. it'd be a great fight. I, I mean, just want I just want to be a fly on the wall when he's talking about possibly coming back and be like, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to be like, yo, so what do you think? No, I just want to be like. Yeah, but what you see is what you do, like I said, man. The guy has said it. Like if the stars align, he'll do it. Um Yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure that behind the scenes he 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 talks to his friends a little bit more and gives them a little bit more information. I'm just yeah, saying like, well, I'm, I'm just saying, saying I want to be a fly on the wall. That's all. Yeah, to me it was just kind of like, you know, I want to come back, but sometimes I see yes, you know, the, the training camp and then that one. But then you know, like as as his friend, I'm kinda of like, fuck, the guy's training anyway. You know, it's like you could make millions, you know. I'm like kinda, of, you know. I know the way his mind thinks he's so uh his mind he's so like like if he does it and he decides he's doing it, he knows what a commitment it's gonna take from him as a person, as a martial artist. So it's not as easy as just like kind of being like all oh, for the money or all oh, for you know there everything has to align for George in his head. Yeah. And once he sticks to something, that's it. Like now you see he has like his whole fasting regimen, he has his other training that he does and you know, when he's on something, that's it. Like that's his, his, uh, his life. And, um, he's a, he's a extremist, you know, that's why he's as good as he is. What about you? What's your ultimate goal as far as MMA goes? You know, uh, if I come back, I'd really like to get sign a nice contract with a nice league. You know, I think I have a good record as a flyweight. I had some losses there at the beginning as a bantamweight because, you know, I followed that wrestling mentality where if you're ready, you fight. I didn't, no one helped me build my career. I didn't pick a fight. I didn't, I didn't do any of that stuff where like, oh, you know, like, oh, fight this guy, this guy, that style, you know, like I took, I fell for that same pipe dream where I had a promoter for my first fight be like, hey man, we'll put you up. You know, we're going to fight here in Montreal. You've got tons of fans. Let's go. Let's fight. You know, you'll sell me tickets. So he put me against a kung fu guy who knew nothing about grappling. I knocked him out with a suplex knockout. It was great. But now I'm one to know in an MMA career that I know nothing about. 
obviously I try start behind me, which is awesome, but I'd only been striking for about three months. So I just, you know, I would now if I come back, it's really about maybe, you know, my last fight was for a world title at CFFC. Shout out to Cage Fury. They were mm-hmm. great for me, but, you know, I'm fighting a young up and comer, a guy who had five KOs in the first round. Um, so that was a tough fight. And again, you know, I'm in enemy, enemy territory. So if I do come back, you'd have to be a little bit smarter, maybe take two or three fights, get back in there, get my feet wet. And then, hey, look, I still have a good record as a flyweight. So maybe try to, you know, maybe Brave, maybe, uh, you know, Bellator, UFC, let's go. I think that, like, you know, if I, if I, uh, if I do things right, I, I'm still a threat, obviously, with my wrestling. Like, nobody can wrestle with me. I don't care who you are. Um, I, saw, I, I saw one of your older matches, and I was like – so, so you know, not not because you're here, but I was super impressed because the guy couldn't do shit. <laughs> I mean, you were on him like a blanket. Like I mean, yeah. he was just basically laying there because you were just moving, moving. No, that's, getting- that's my, but that's also like you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. That's yeah. kind of my problem in fights. Whereas like I, I'll, I'll never lose a, lose a decision. I don't care what anybody says. That's one thing I'll put my money behind because I'm always aggressive. I'm always gonna put the fight in your face, take you down, look to finish you. But my losses have come from, you know, because I'm so aggressive that there's like that your brain shuts off for a second. Next thing you know, you're caught in an arm bar because the guy's on the ground. And I always tell guys like, you know, wrestling practice, we do three hours of playing takedowns and, and it takes me one second to take you down. Then I'm in your in your game for four minutes of the whole the, the round, you know. So just being – if I come back, I really have to be careful and be smart about, look, you don't have to just take the guy down in the first five seconds even though for me maybe it is easier. Um, but that's how I'm losing my fights is just getting caught with submission. So just being smarter – um, you know, I don't always have to have that wrestling mentality where train, 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 don't break my body so much. Be a bit smarter. We saw Max Holloway talk about how mm-hmm. he hasn't sparred in his last two camps. And I'm not really an advocate to be like, look, you don't need sparring. You need sparring. You need hard sparring. But that's in your development stage. I think when you get older and you get smarter, I think drilling is important. Um, uh, training just for your body is important. Like getting yourself strength and conditioning so you're in shape is important. So I'm not going to be someone who says don't spar. But when you're developing, you have to hard spar. I just think, like, I'm 36 now. That's the reality. I just turned 36. So do I need to spar two times a week and wrestle two times a week and box two times a week? No. The reality is I don't need to anymore. In my last fight, my mistake that I made, and no excuses. I'm not a guy who makes excuses. But I, there was COVID. It got canceled twice. I spent a whole year training like I was a developing 15-year-old. So, you know, it's like, don't need to do that. But the wrestling mentality is like, let's go, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah just being a bit smarter, I think, for me. Yeah. Well, shit! If you if you put that mentality into fucking stand up comedy, you, you'll be there one day. <laughs> Thanks, man. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see you on Netflix, and we'll be like, right. "Oh shit! Right. I know oh, that shit, guy." Going for. <laughs> yeah, put, put the energy towards talking shit. My Russian coach will love that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got you got your show. You you know, you're, I'm not trying to sound you know gay or anything, but you're a good looking guy. You probably could do some modeling too. Look, we're uh, I'm working right now. My uh, my show is, takes place at a BTC. It's a big production company here in Montreal. Shout out to them. And uh, yeah, we do some short films. If you guys want to go on YouTube, BTC, I was in some of them. All so right, we're, just, we're just putting out content right now. You know, I'm putting out content. I spent, look, a good year and a half, two years. Even if you look back three or four years fighting for TKO and then having this fight where I, everything was into my fighting and I didn't get to explore those avenues. The last time I did any media work was 2016. I did the, the French commentary for the Olympics here in oh, Canada yeah. on TV. Right. So that's really the last, oh no, I did, we had like a, a Beat the Streets. I don't know if you guys know what Beat the Streets is. Uh-uh. It's uh, when they have a wrestling match in Times Square and then everybody can watch. Oh, that's oh, dope. Yeah. yeah, we had one in Montreal and I did the commentary for that. That was in 2000, 
19. So that was really the last I yeah, did. Yeah. So nice. now I'm just, trying to, I'm, and thanks to you guys for having me on. I'm just trying to get myself out there and trying to for um, sure. do as much media stuff as I can. Because look, for anybody who's trying to fight two guys, I'm not saying don't put all your eggs in one basket. I'm just saying you got to think about life outside of fighting because, you know, like Muhammad Ali says, and GSP said this, he posted Muhammad Ali's clip of him saying this is, you know, like he, if he could do it again and he would tell people you got to get an education mm-hmm. and maybe it's not an education, but you've got to think about your life outside fighting because even if you eat all your vegetables and you take your vitamins and you do everything right, you've got great coaching, you've got a great system. And like you, you know, you guys are, you guys are doing the show and you're doing everything right. Even if you do all that stuff, there's still a small percentage that you're very successful. You know, you guys are successful, but to be very successful. Um, yeah, you got to diversify is what you're saying. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, man, I, now I saw, I think it was a short. It was that, uh, the, the guy that was the black belt in crazy. <laughs> is that is that one of the, the production from the production company? Not from here, but that's my comedian friend, Massimo. Oh, okay, cool. He's got a great TikTok. He's a really funny stand-up. Um, so he called me one day. He saw me at a show. We, we performed together, and he was like, man, you're funny. And he's like, we should do something like MMA funny. And then he put the skit together, and it went viral. It got so many views of uh, – him, him being like, uh, I got a belt belt and crazy. Yeah, that was funny as fuck. Yeah, so that was, it was just fun to do. And then how, how big it got. And that kind of pushed me to be like, look, maybe I should be uh, tapping into TikTok, even though I might be too old for it. Fuck it, you know, I'll go into it, you know. Bro, do it up. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I know, I know. Are you guys, you guys doing any TikTok or are you guys in any other platform? No, nah, man. I'm, uh, we, uh, I mean, I, I am on TikTok, yeah, but yeah, I, so I don't, don't, don't post anything. Man. I'm just there to watch people and do their funny shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I am a photographer. Nice. I, guess. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, and, uh, you know, I like, I like photography. Chris and I went to, uh, an event. Uh, a few months ago, and we we took some pictures. And even though that I'm the it, it was a jujitsu tournament okay. uh, from the Professional Grappling Federation, which we are the official podcast for. But uh, you know, I, I'm 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 the photographer, and Chris took the best fucking picture. I was so jealous. I was hey, like, man, man I that came you. out so good. Yeah, thanks for doing that. Because again, anything that's like gonna build uh, any media presence behind any kind of combat sports, I'm down for, man. Like, and yeah, you guys do great. Like the McDojo's an awesome page. And like, what's so great about it when you first go on Instagram, you're like, wait, this can't be serious. This can't. We're <laughs> like, oh fuck, mind blown, you know. And then with the podcast now, you guys are doing big things. It's awesome, man. It really, uh, it's for everybody. What's nice too is that it, like, anybody can relate to that. Because my friends who would like watch it are just like sending me your videos all the time. Like it happens all out here in Canada. Every week I get someone send me, is this real? What the fuck is this? <laughs> like, come on, man. You know, like it's, what a yeah. fucking page, man. A brilliant, brilliant page, honestly. Yeah, Rob does a good job. Right now he's in California. He's starting to shoot the documentary, yep, which, which ho- hopefully should be done by summer and released by Christmas, I think. I think that's the plan. Nice. I, I'm not sure, but I personally can't wait. You it's know? going to be like a, a picture of like Borat style. Like he's just going to kind of hide behind the scenes and pretend he's really seriously engaged with these guys. That, that'd be awesome. Though. That'd be great. Yeah. It's probably going to end up being like a McDojo Tiger King if you think about it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen, before we go, because I got a hot day. It's my birthday and shit. Um, oh, happy birthday, brother! Thank you, thank you. Uh, why don't you plug your, you know, your show where they can people can find you, sponsors, anything like that? Yeah, so we're just getting started on YouTube, uh, the Boom Boom Show. Uh, you know, don't we don't have that much uh, product out yet? Content we're gonna be doing a lot more. Um, we don't. We're trying. To, I'll be honest, guys. We're finding our niche right now. So it's, it started as a wrap up and recap show, as and uh, you know we moved on a little bit to interviews. You saw we're gonna be doing more re recaps, and then we're gonna get into popular culture as well. I think that Jake Paul, um, you know him, kind of his foray and the, the Paul brothers. I mean, as much as we might hate them or love them, they're putting out there the the whole fight community. So we're gonna do some popular cultures. Jamie Boom Boom on Instagram. Follow me, guys. And yeah, like you know. Uh, anything, any BTC production in Montreal, follow them. And anything, guys, give me a shout. Shout out to my producer and my partner, Pascal Guzzo. If you need anything from me, I'm always down to do all kinds of crazy shit, whatever you want. And uh, thanks to you guys, man. This was awesome. For guys. sure. Listen, anytime you have a project, anything you want to advertise, just let me know. Hit me up and uh, we'll have you back on, man. Thank Open you, door, man. bro. <laughs> Thank you, man. Maggie, Chris, anything else you want to add before we go? No, no man. I'm good. Bernie. He's still sitting there. Oh, somewhere. he's still a little pissed. Bernie, off, are you gonna say anything? No, he mad. Wait, wait. I think he said he's streaming two fifty seven. You heard that? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Mm-hmm.